when you have a spouse in the military, you could have to move at any time. It could be every 12 months. It could be a global move. And every time you move, if you have to find a new job <laughs> because you can no longer go into the office, it's incredibly stressful. It puts your family income under stress. It puts your just your personal life under stress. If you move to a location that doesn't have any companies that are in your industry, there are so many things that can happen with that sort of constant change. Welcome back to the Work From Home Forever podcast. And this week we've got a new guest. We've got Catherine. Catherine's an e-clinical project manager. And Catherine, welcome to the show. If you can tell us a little bit about yourself. Yeah. Hi. Thank you so much for having me. Um, my name is Catherine Green. I currently live on the Marine Corps base, Camp Lejeune in North Carolina. My husband's an active duty Marine. I've been working from home full-time for five years. And prior to that, I worked from home about one to two days a week for a couple a couple of years. Very good. And and we were talking a little bit before we recorded. So you've got a, a connection to one of the past guests. I don't know if you want to share yeah, that with the with the audience. I do. Yeah. So I uh, I became I was exposed to your podcast through my current boss, Erin Tebow. She's the one who is um, adventuring around the United States in her RV, uh, getting to see all the sites. I've been working for Erin for five years now since I've been full time remote. So I uh, I got to hear her interview and have been following along on your podcast and watching the back and forth a little bit. So that's how I uh, how I learned about you. Yeah. So. Aaron, as well as the other previous guests, I think what's so cool about it is that we, you know we, we sort of just sort of root each other on on LinkedIn. So whether yeah. there's, a, there's a new guest, a new episode, so it's kind of cool to see that you know the people that are work from home proponents, you know they support yeah. each other. They're very have strong beliefs, and uh, can't wait to hear your story on this one. So thanks for jumping on the podcast, and and thanks to Aaron for uh, recommending <laughs> you join. Yeah. So. In the survey that you completed, you talked about your desires to find remote work. You rattle off so many reasons. I, I appreciate that. And I want to deep dive on a few of your reasons. So one of them was that, can you tell me a little bit more about why you want to work from home as a military spouse? Oh, yeah. So this is a big this is a big area of concern for me. And, and I speak to that because I'm also surrounded by military spouses that have these same concerns. When you have a spouse in the military, you could have to move at any time. It could be every 12 months. It could be less than that, two, two years, three years. It could be a global move, a, a move around the country. And every time you move, if you have to find a new job <laughs> because you can no longer go into the office in your previous location, it's incredibly stressful. It puts your family income under stress. It puts your just your personal life under stress. It also, you know, if you have long-term goals in your career, they can be impacted. If you move to a location that doesn't have any companies that are in your industry. You know, there are so many things that can happen with that sort of constant change. Now, I will say I have been fortunate enough to where we haven't had to do much moving. But like I said, I currently live on the Camp Lejeune base and 90% of the families here are coming and going every two or three years. And so a lot of the spouses, if they can't find a work from home job, they have to give up their careers. They have to just restart the job search every couple of years and hope they find something. And it's it's really challenging. And I think when, when COVID hit, 
it it opened up more work from home roles. It kind of forced companies to allow that a little bit. And I think that really opened the doors a little bit more for some of these brilliant, educated, experienced military spouses who often don't get the same opportunities because they're constantly moving. So I'm a pretty big, pretty heavy proponent for for that specific reason. So that, that that's something that I've not really experienced, you know, myself. So I think that's, I mean, that's what I love about the show. It, I, I get to meet different people and you get to share, you know, what your personal experience is. So I think that's, I, I never really thought about it from that standpoint. And yeah. as I think about it, how much of working from home, working with the same company to your point for the last five years, how much of that having a, a constant, if you will, you know, you mentioned ninety percent mm-hmm. of the people on the base are can you know go to a new location within you know a twelve month span. So, do you have a high value place oh, yes. on that constancy of of having mm-hmm. you know the same colleagues, same projects? So, I don't know if you, yeah. if you can speak to that. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I definitely think that the, the the constant is really, really important. You know, being with the same company helps a lot. You know, I want a long-term relationship with my employer. I don't want to have to move jobs every couple of years. Some people might like it, but I it's, it's at the top of my priority list. So I, there are other things that I would cut to maintain that and to keep that. If I was having to make decisions and, and choose you know, choose a new employer, choose a new job or something like that. That would be my first priority is trying to keep that. And, and like I said, we have been fortunate to not have to move too often, but I've watched others who have moved multiple times in the last four or five years and have just had to drop their careers because it was too difficult. On top of that, resettling your family in a new city and moving into a new house and dealing with a cross country move or a global move. I mean, those things take weeks at a time and removing that stressor, just even the potential (laughs) of having that stressor and knowing that you could move your job wherever you go. It's life-changing. I think it's life-changing. It is for us and the community that I live in and work in. You know, and I would imagine that if you were the spouse that has to move with your spouse, and you have to go find a new job in a new location. If you can work in, you know, in a global move, for example, you may not be able to work. Yeah. You're probably giving up some of the equity that you've built with your company, you know, yeah. from a, a a certain salary that you command. It may not be the same at a different region, different part of the world, different part of the country. Yeah. So there's so much that uh, yeah. that as a spouse, you know, who does not have the opportunity to work from home you don't have those opportunities to continue to keep growing. You may have to take a couple steps back. Yeah, absolutely. And especially because if you're, if if you think about it, these, a lot of the times these are 12 month, 24 month moves. And if you start a new company, it takes you that long just to get your feet under you and build um, the level of kind of trust and respect and people get to know you and build the relationships internally. And if you're constantly every two years or so having to cut that off and start it over, I mean, you're just going to kind of take the same couple of steps over and over and over again. Even if you do find another job, it's, you know, the first challenge is finding another job. And then the other part of it is, you know, kind of having to step back and restart that process over and over again, retrain in a new company, relearn, you know, all those types of things. And it's just, it's very impactful. You know, they say that there's, there's like, I don't know, six or seven major stresses that happen to people in their lives, right? You know, marriage, death, moving is one and changing jobs is another. There's, I'm sure there's others that I'm missing. But when you compound that for, you know, military spouse who 
number one, has to move. And number two, if they need to find employment elsewhere and starting over, I mean, those are two big stressors on on someone yeah. in addition to everything else that goes on. So I think in yeah. your situation, I, being able to have a career yeah. and continue it wherever you're, you're asked to move, I think is, is amazing. Yeah, it's 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 life all changing, altering whatever word you want to put to it. And I mean, and then the layer that you put on top of that is in addition to the moves, you deal with deployments. And so you might be on your own for six, nine, sure, 12 yeah. months out of the year on top of the stress of the move. And that, um, you know, requires you to take on things that you might normally have somebody around to help with around your house, maintenance, errands, if you have kids, you know, dealing with school and practices and all those types of things that you take for granted when you kind of have somebody else around to help out with. Um, and uh, so you, you layer that on top of it and it's even more difficult. Um, especially if it's a dangerous employment and then there's that stressor involved, you know, so it's, um, it's part of a, a much bigger puzzle, but it impacts kind of all of those pieces. You know, it's, it's the job part and the security part and the career growth part, but it's also all those other things get, get rolled into it as well, that it, it really alleviates some of that stress. I know for us, like I said, we, we haven't had to move too often and, uh, we don't have kids you know, we don't plan to have them, but we do have a dog and, if I had to go into the office all day, that would be very expensive to take him into daycare for eight or nine hours a day. It'd be 35 bucks or so a day. And I mean, just those little things really add up. And then when you layer kids into it, it just multiplies it, you know? So I just think there's, <laughs> there's a lot of reasons why it's really important to, to have the options and to have more options for working for home for at least, you know, the military spouse community. Yeah, Absolutely. Again, and and I think the the sacrifices that you know our service members and their families have to go through with multiple moves uh, in the deployments that you mentioned. I mean, that's that's a tremendous sacrifice. So thanks thanks to your husband, thanks to you for for managing that and and keeping our country safe. <laughs> yeah. Another one of the reasons that really stood out when when you completed the survey was that you listed that you eat every three hours and it's easier to do at home. <laughs> so please tell us more about that and, and how you managed that when you were in an office setting previously. Yeah, like a lot of Tupperware. Um, <laughs> yeah, so I, um, I this is so funny. And I when I was filling this out, I was just kind of putting in all the little things because I think about this kind of stuff a lot. Um, and that's such a funny one. So uh, my husband and I follow this uh, very specific kind of nutritional macro plan. Probably lots of other people do too. But the way it's broken down is, is you are expected to, to eat a certain number of times a day. It's certain amounts of protein, certain times a day. And it's a lot of work to measure it all out and pack it all up and drag it around with you. Mm -hmm. And then especially when you're in the office and you're in and out of meetings, or maybe you don't get time to, you know, have a quick minute where you can pull out a Tupperware and nobody can see you, <laughs> uh, you know, and at home, easy. It's all sitting in the kitchen. I just can pop in there, quick couple minutes, drag anything back to my desk that I might need to. Nobody sees me shoving whatever in my, in my mouth. So it just allows me the, the flexibility to maintain that expectation that I have for myself to sure. meet the goals, my personal goals and, and health and things like that. I kind of wrap that into the whole health category that I personally think working from home is more supportive of. But yeah, so I used to pack a big lunchbox and take everything with me into the office and uh, try to like carry it around with me or try to make sure I had time to do it, you know, and you do the best you can. And there's even days working from home when I'm in back to back meetings and it's a little, you know, you can't just go off into the kitchen for 15 minutes, but, um, but it's 
easier. As far as, um, you know, dishes and washing all the Tupperware and prepping the night before, it also saves me 30, 45 minutes as well. So hmm. efficiency. I like efficiency. <laughs> yeah. You did mention that. Yeah. You did talk about the efficiency. Yes, thing. I do. Actually, so that was the other piece. So you mentioned that the work from home suits you because you love mm -hmm. efficiency and maintaining a level of control. And mm -hmm. the level of control piece, you know, stood out to me. So what level of control do you give up when you look at in-office work versus remote work? It's, it's more... Now, I work my company's hours in a time zone, so I don't want to make it sound like I'm just floating around, you know, doing whatever. We have core hours. But I feel like I have control over my general environment. What I'm hearing, who's in the room with me, who's interrupting me, um, where I'm taking my notes, what all the, the temperature in the room, if it's going to be hot, if it's cold, do I want the door open or the fan on? It's much more comfortable. And I can control all of those little nuances that um, that really improve my energy and my mood throughout the day, which make me much better for clients and extra work and frustrations that I might be dealing with at the office. When I was working in an office, I had no windows, which is fine. You know, whatever. Not every office is going to have everybody with, you know, fancy outdoor facing offices. But it was a private office, but fluorescent lighting, no windows. People were kind of people would popping in and out kind of constantly all day and kind of break up your train of thought sometimes. And, and there's something to be said for that. And some people like that and enjoy that environment. But for me, I found it very, I was anxious and kind of, I felt off and like I couldn't focus sometimes. And I'm also extremely introverted, which a lot of people don't know that they think I'm extroverted, but I'm not. <laughs> and it just, I just, I found it stressful. I really did. And working from home I have control over all those little tiny nuances that can um, can really impact how you feel throughout the day. And as a result, my energy levels are better. I'm in a better mood. I don't dread Monday mornings. You know, all of those types of things are improved out of just having more control over the environment that I work in. I have windows in the room that I choose to work in at home. I can open the door. My dog's in here with me. It's a really nice environment <laughs> that I'm able to create myself, you know, and uh, and I think that for a lot of other people who might be like me or also might be introverted and find the kind of constant coming and going and talking and, and things like that that can happen in a big office, that can be exhausting and it can suck the energy right out of you. And um, And if you can't control it a little bit, it can be, you know, it can wear you out more quickly. So, no, I, I appreciate that. It makes sense. You know, it's, uh, I, I identify with a lot of what you said in terms of being an introvert. Um, mm -hmm. the, the space is comfortable. It's, it's how you make it. On the flip side to that, how do you separate that work versus home? I mean, since your home office is mm -hmm. within your home and you can, I'm sure you pass by it or wherever, if you have a separate workspace, but how do you separate that? This is my, where I live. And then this is where I work. If it's all yeah. under the same roof. Yeah, I get that question a lot. And I see a lot of people talk about the need to draw a hard line and cut off things and, and whatnot. I have a kind of, I have a different uh, approach to that. I think I referred to it in my responses as I like the blurry line, but I, I don't really do any cutoff per se. I pop in here in the evenings and pop in here early in the morning. And, you know, some days I work a little later, some days I finish a little earlier. It's the flexibility that I appreciate and that I like. I don't feel stressed out having my 
office kind of staring at me because literally right there is our living room. So I can go in there and sit on the couch, but also still see my computer staring at me in my outlook, you know? So, but that doesn't really bother me. Um, I actually like it because I can easily be more flexible with my schedule because I don't feel the need to, to draw a line anywhere. And, you know, I know there are days where you're just kind of, you need to step away and, and shut it down. And some days it's hard because uh, you're a little worried about something or you're waiting on an email and you want to know if it came through. But I love my job. And I think that has something to do with it too. I don't feel tethered to it or tied to it in a negative way. So it's kind of just blended into my lifestyle. Yeah. So I, I don't really know that I do anything specific to draw a line. I'm not really sure if I answered your question directly, <laughs> but I don't really think there's anything I do. I don't like turn my laptop off at a certain time of day or don't get on until a certain time of day or any of those types of things. No, you did answer the question. So that helps, you know, provide some insight for me. And again, I've interviewed two people. So you're the second, um, obviously yeah. the, the first, but, and, and again, I don't know much about the company that you work for, but mm -hmm. I get the impression that it's that acceptance starts mm -hmm. with the leadership, whether it's your direct manager or yeah. whether it's it's the, you know, the the leadership within the role mm -hmm. period. I feel like that is because it's accepted that work from home is accepted and you guys are global workforce and it's okay for you to be on like during your core hours. I think Erin talked about that during her her episode as well. And and it's okay to not be on 24/7, right? Like I don't mm -hmm. need to I don't feel like you have the pressure to be on whenever yeah. Europe is is in their core days, right? Yeah. Or when Asia yeah. Pacific is in their core days. So I think mm -hmm. it's it's that leadership, you know, from the oh, top yeah. down that you can have mm -hmm. that comfort level where you don't feel like, oh man, are they are they watching? Like, am I showing active mm -hmm. on my team? So yeah, so I think it's it's that leadership. I mean, whereas you know some of these other organizations where they're strict return to office, you know, yeah. it might not be a you know, as, as warm and fuzzy feeling. Yeah, no, I think you're absolutely right. And I remember when I first, I felt that way when I used to work from home previously one or two days a week, that's how I would feel. Like I felt like I had to want to be stare at my computer with my hands on the keyboard, at least that full eight hours constantly all day, like going to the, you leave your computer for two minutes and the thing's going to go to sleep. And you know, you go to the bathroom and it could go to sleep. And when I started working at Calix and for Aaron, I had to, you, I had to kind of like get used to that. And it 100% was because the top down approach was supportive of it. I remember there was one, I don't remember how long ago this was, but there was one day where I had been, I had stepped away to like take my dog out or do something like that. It was in the late in the afternoon. And I came back and I had had a message from Erin. She had asked me a question about something. I was like, Oh my God, I was away from my computer, you know, and I was frantic, like, Oh, I need to respond right away. I was like, I'm so sorry. I stepped away to take Elmo outside, you know, that sort of thing. And she was like, it's okay. Like you don't have to answer my question. Like within a second of me sending it, like, it's not like, and you, and you have to, you have to get used to it, but you have to have the support from your company and your leadership or it's never going to work never going to work. And we have it top down across the board. Now, of course, you know, if you're missing deliverables and screwing up things with your clients and stuff like that, it's going to be a different story, right. you know, but, um, and you know, we do have core hours and you can't just be floating around in the middle of the day, not online for hours at a time. Uh, you know, but that being said, you know, 
you don't have to be tethered to your computer. You can go get a glass of water. You can make yourself lunch. You can take a walk, you know, all those types of things. And that approach is definitely supported top down. And I don't think any company will be successful with work from home employees without it. Yeah, agreed, agreed. Hi everyone, this is your host Don from the Work From Home Forever podcast. I wanted to take a quick break from the episode to talk about our sponsor, No Commute. Let's face it, you're listening to this podcast because you probably fall into two camps. You're either working from home already or you're trying to get rid of your commute. No Commute is your daily newsletter to get real remote jobs from real companies delivered to your inbox. It's the free, fast way to find remote jobs. Subscribe to No Commute for free at nocommute.substack.com. And once you land your next remote work opportunity, we'd love to have you on the podcast to tell your work from home forever story. Now, you mentioned that you've been with this, with your current company for the last five years. And prior to that, you were with an organization that sounded like it, it offered hybrid work. So how did you make the transition from an office to, to full-time remote? Was it something that your organization that you joined mm-hmm. was offering or was it something that mm-hmm. you sought out? Uh, there, it was a combination. Um, so I had reached a point in my career where I wanted to kind of wiggle my way into a different side of the industry. And at the same time, there was talk in my husband's career of a potential international move. And (laughs) I love my husband, but my career is really important to me. And it gave me a little bit of like, oh my God, I don't want to move to another country and then have to start over and find another job. And then it was also this point where I was interested in kind of another side of the business um, because I had been working on it in a more internal role. And I wanted to get into the more client facing side, which is a much more kind of global you know, out of the office type role. So the timing of all those things falling into place at once, I started seeking out remote positions that also would fill the desire for me to kind of shift the type of role that I was in and came across that particular role that I am in now and uh, just ended up working out, luckily. <laughs> no, that's great. And it sounds like you're very happy in it. So I think that's... um Yes. Yeah. Have been very happy. Because sometimes if you make a move, it's, you know, the grass is not necessarily always greener. So it's always great when you have uh, things that work out for, for the best. Yeah. Yeah. Grass is usually not greener. <laughs> in, in this case, you know, it, it has been, um, but I'm, I'm cautious of assuming it would always be that way. So. Yeah. So one of the things that you talked about, kind of, you talked about making job changes and sometimes the grass is not always greener. So one of the pieces of advice that you gave was to make sure you love your job. So mm-hmm. I think everyone wants to be in that role in the same situation where they love their job, but sometimes a job is still a job. So how would you approach a job that let you work from home? But let's say if it was a job that was not satisfying to you, or maybe if you were just kind of indifferent to it. Yeah, that's, that's challenging. Cause when you are working from home, there is not a person who's going to come stick their head in your office and check on you you know, and so you have to find other ways to, to motivate yourself. That's hard. If I was in a role that I wasn't passionate about, or just wasn't feeling, you know, motivated, you know, something like that, I might have to, to draw a harder line, potentially have set start dates and end dates, maybe 
to have a set lunch hour, things that got me away from my desk a little bit more, as opposed to like, now I could sit at my desk all day and be fine, you know, cause I'm enjoying what I'm doing. And I'm, I feel fortunate for that, but oh, that's, that's a tough question. Cause I think if I didn't enjoy what I was doing, it would be challenging to focus in, you know, I'd probably have to I'd probably have to make a change, but I have to say you'd probably just have to make your workspace very comfortable, something that you really a space that you really enjoy, you know, setting up your office, making it really comfortable, whatever room in the house you like to be in, maybe having set breaks during the day, potentially that could help taking a walk, starting at the same time, ending at the same time. I'm not sure there's much. I don't know that working from home or being in an office, there's much you can do if you're not really yeah enjoy enjoying your role i really I don't think you. either of those things are going to fix that uh, i'd probably find a, a new role but that'd probably be all i could think of to do to make it better yeah i i would agree with you. i think maybe the one bonus like if you're not loving the job and you worked from home maybe the fact that you know you're not you're the not there on a, on mondays <laughs> or separate, maybe yeah, yeah I, but you're right. But I mean, if you, it's still not a great situation for that individual, then it's, yeah. you know. Well, I compare it to, I compare it to my husband. And so he, we live on the military base in military housing. So he's always surrounded by people in the military. We go to the grocery store on base, people are in the military. I mean, it's, and the only people that can be on base are most of the people in the military. And sometimes I know for him, he's like, am I living at work? Like I'm all, it's just kind of always there, especially the culture of the military. Uh, you know, you're seeing your, you, you got to shave, you can't dress like a slob, you know, stuff like that. And so I kind of compare it to that. He's like living in an, like living in his office and I'm the opposite, <laughs> you know? So when you're not around it, it allows you to kind of not feel that maybe the stressor of it as much. So we don't, when you don't have to go into the office, if you don't love your job that much, then you might feel a little less, touched by it. I don't know how to phrase it, but I think, yeah, I think you know what I mean. Yeah. Good insight. So thank you for that. Catherine, I think, you know, last couple of questions here for me and before we go into our rapid fire segment to, to wrap up the show, but you talked about that you're a morning person and you prefer to maximize your best hours on the schedule. So how do your peak productivity hours compare with your hours when you were had to go into an office and yeah, work, mm -hmm. work in an office. Yeah. Well, I used to commute and it took me about 45 minutes to an hour to get there. And I'm a morning person. And also just in this working for a global company, the U S we kind of fall behind all the other time zones, right? So you're getting online in the morning and everybody else is kind of coming into the second half of their day, if not already finishing up their day, if you're looking at, you know, like India right. and things like that. So being a morning person is helpful because I can be online a little longer with everybody else. But when I was commuting into the office, I was having to waste an hour of that time sitting in the car, or I was having to get up even earlier in order to get to the office on time to be there for those kind of initial hours of the day. One, because they're my best hours of the day. And two, because all the resources that I might need or need to meet with and interact with would still be online. So getting rid of the commute, I think that's one thing that probably everybody's, everybody says about working from home is not having to drive. But then on top of that, morning, you know, from about, I tend to get on fairly early, sometimes closer to eight, but a lot of times much before that. And I like to work through around 12 to one. And then I like to go take a walk or like do a workout, sure. take my dog out, do that sort of thing, and then come back 
and finish out that like last chunk of the day um, when it when it suits me and when I don't you know you have meetings and things like that and that core those core hours in the morning you know it's not I'm not wasting any time in the car I'm able to get right online and it's solid work time it's 100 I'm not I'm not parking in the parking garage and walking inside talking to three or four people on the way to my desk and then I'm smoked by the time I get to my desk because small talk is wears me out, <laughs> you know? So you remove all of those things and those hours when my brain is in its best condition, I'm working and I'm getting stuff done and I'm moving through tasks that need to be done in the day and I'm helping clients deal with problems that they might have. And then I've, I feel better and I accomplish a lot more on the front end of the day. And then usually in the afternoons, I can kind of do a lot of those more mundane tasks. So my energy dips a little bit. So it really allows me to control that. And I appreciate that very much. <laughs> Good. I can I can feel your your pain there when you're already kind of zapped, yeah. you know, getting in after having a couple of different conversations, or if the commute was not great, if you had to you know fight traffic, the weather. So I, I definitely understand that. So well, Catherine, thank you so much for for being on the show. I really like the the different perspective from a, a military spouse. I think yeah. the you know the other feedback you gave us in terms of you know, the eating every three hours and just uh, the, our conversation. I, I really enjoyed it. And again, it's a different perspective. Thank you for that. I mean, before we wrap up, if, if you've got a couple more minutes, we can, we've got a couple rapid fire questions. If you want to, if you want to try those oh, out. Man, yeah, like we can give them a go. All right. If I can answer rapidly. <laughs> so the first question is, there's a lot of discussion that a recession is likely coming later this year or even into next year. So how much will a recession set back the work from home movement? Oh man, I would hope not much. I think it's easier to find good talent when they can work from home. You can find them anywhere and potentially at a less, at less expensive cost. Hiring somebody to work in an office in San Francisco could potentially be a lot more expensive than hiring somebody to work remote in any other state. <laughs> uh, so hopefully uh, it will it will not be a negative impact. Yeah, I'm, I feel like that's going to be one of those as as the power shifts from employees to employers, especially if there's yeah. the recessions are taking place and there's more people out in the market are are folks who value remote work going to maybe expand their search a little bit. So that's my, that's yeah. my concern the too. Real estate challenge as well. You know, companies have these buildings they're paying for and leases and things like that that they want people in them. So they might prioritize people that will show up and be in the office. But I think a lot of people are going to fight back on that. So yeah, we'll see. I agree. Yeah. All right. Question number two, what's the worst job interview question you've been asked and why? Oh, man. Um, okay. Oh, here's one. So this is a really, this is from a long time ago. I was straight out of college and I was interviewing for jobs and it wasn't even a job that I wanted. <laughs> Uh, but I needed a job and they made me take the legitimate, the actual Myers-Briggs personality test. Okay. The I've whole done that. Thing, the, the really long one, right? Yeah. yeah. Which is great. That was fine. And then afterwards they pulled out all the, the responses and basically wanted me to explain all the negative things like, oh, well, it says you're like this, you know, why are you like that? And it was, it was the strangest I know it's not a specific interview question, but it was the strangest thing. I'd never taken the personality test before. So I wasn't even really aware of some of the things. And it was like, oh, well, she specifically was like, oh, well, this says you're not really good with people one-on-one. -on -one. Why is that? And I'm like, 
I don't know. I don't really agree with that. But if the test says it, I guess it's true. You know, it was just one of those things where it was just didn't get the job, didn't want the job. <laughs> but it, I, uh, that was probably one of the strangest interviews I've ever had. And that specific question with her pulling out these things like, well, it says you're, you're, you're not very good at this. You want to explain to me why? And like wording it that way, when you pull it out, it was just very strange. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know about you. I, I if you mentioned that you're an introvert. I, I identify as an introvert as well. So I made a job change last fall and they may put me through the paces and taking like a full blown personality tests mm-hmm. was, uh, was part of the process. And I remember thinking after completing each one, I'm like, they are never going to call me back. They're going to look at me <laughs> and say, Who, this guy can't work with a team. Like, why would we yeah. want to bring him back again? We wasted our money running him through this process. But uh, yeah. they called me back. I got the job and everything's, everything's <laughs> worked good. out so far. But uh, yeah, that's how I feel every time I take one of those one of those fire yeah. spirits. Yeah. So. Got to take it with a grain of salt. You know? Yeah. All right. Question number three. So would you rather have a four-day work week that's 100% in office or work from home forever? Work from home forever. And no questions asked on that one. All right. That's quick. That was that was rapid fire yeah. answer. 100%. Yeah. I know the four-day work week is a big, you know, they're testing it in UK or certain places with certain companies. And, you know, I do, I could, we could talk a whole hour probably just about that. But if I had to pick between working in the office four days a week or working from home five, always going to be work from home. Got it. The last one I've got for you. So, ClearLink CEO, James Clark, I don't know if you heard about this one, but uh, he told employees that many remote workers have, quote, quietly quit and become so brazen that dozens at his company, quote, didn't even open their laptops for a month. So who is at fault here? Oh, didn't even, I would be interested in how, where that metric came from. Um, maybe he, they can check their computers and see they hadn't been started. I have to say that's got to be a top down issue. Cause there's no way I would survive a month without doing any work at all. Either one, I'd get fired. My clients would all be escalating left and right. Like I'm, that's very interesting. I've heard of this quiet quitting phenomenon. And I honestly think those are people who are just unhappy in their roles who are just choosing to just chug along day by day and take the paycheck, do the minimum checked out. Yep. Yeah. And I mean, when you, you don't have to work 12, 14, 15 hours a day to be a good employee. You know, the standard work day technically is supposed to be eight hours. We know it doesn't always work out that way. And if people want to work their 40 hours and take their pay and they're getting done what they need to get done, then so be it. But I think the quiet quitting is seems like it's more people kind of doing that maybe as opposed to really just not work. Like, I don't know how you just don't work (laughs) for a month, you know, and just don't even get online. I would be, I would be fired. People would be calling my husband wanting to know where I was, you know, what was going on. Um, Yeah, I agree. When I heard that and I heard that CEO specifically kind of blame remote work. So now i got to bring all my people back in. I'm thinking, you know, you've got people leaders that need to be accountable. Like mm-hmm. to your point, what, yeah. what, what were those people doing that they yeah. weren't even aware that, you know, they weren't seeing yeah. anything or connecting with those employees for that month. So yeah. um, I think I, it's uh, that's very odd to me. It's a it's kind of, that reminds me 
a little bit, and I don't want to call my dad out here in a, in a bad way, but he, I remember when I first started, so my dad's been in real estate, commercial real estate, his entire life, family business thing. And it's all, all relationships working one-on-one and he's older, different generation. And when I started working remote full time, he was constantly just wanting to know, what are, what are you doing? Like, what are you doing all day? Like, what is it that you do? And I try to explain it to him and he doesn't understand a lot of the IT stuff, but, and he just, he's like, well, how do they know that you're doing that? And I'm like, because I'm getting my work done and I have a boss that I talk to and I'm, and he's like, yeah, but how do they know that you like worked all the minutes of the whole eight hour? I'm like, oh dad, like, you know, and I think some of it, some of that mentality is still wrapped up in some of the people that have those approaches. Um, I'm not a CEO. I don't know what metrics he was collecting and what their situation is, but I believe that it is a cop-out to blame that specifically on yeah, remote work. Agreed. 100%. Company culture problem there. Yeah. No, 100%. And that's uh, probably not a company that if I were in the market, I'd probably be looking to to join. It just doesn't seem like it would yeah. fit. You know, there's not, yeah. there's not that trust. There's not that accountability, whether it's from, yeah. you know, the people leaders uh, leading those yeah. teams. So it just sounds like a bad situation all over. Yeah. And I mean, everybody doesn't have to be on board with it. If you don't want your company to have a remote work, that's, that's fine. Like I, it is what it is. And I think some people don't like working remotely. So we do need both, both worlds, but I just think it, it allows for a more diverse workforce. Um, I know when I was working in an office in one town, everybody was kind of the same, you know? Yeah. Everybody looked mm-hmm. the same. Everybody lived in the same area. Everybody was kind of similar. And now that I'm working remotely, I get to work with people on this on my team who live all over the place and they all have different backgrounds and different cultures and different ways of thinking and ideas. And um it's just it's eye opening. And I just think it brings in more talent personally. So Yep. Hundred yeah. percent. Well, Catherine, thank you so much for spending our time with us. Yeah. What's the best way me. people can get a hold of you if if they want to find out more or connect with you? Yeah. LinkedIn. I I don't have any other social media that I use. Uh, LinkedIn is my only primary thing. So you can look me up on there. I currently work at Calyx, C-A-L-Y-X. I feel like I could have spelled that, could have spelled that wrong. And uh, I'm listed as Catherine Green. Well, thanks, Catherine. We will definitely put a link to your LinkedIn profile in our show notes. Thanks again for the time. And yeah, appreciate you coming on the show. Awesome. Yeah. Thank you so much for having me. It was great to meet you. All right. Thank you. I hope you all enjoyed listening to my conversation with Catherine as much as I did. What I love about making this show is listening to everyone's unique perspectives on work, how it fits in their lives, and why remote work is important to them. Catherine gave me a lot to think about, and I want to close this by focusing on her perspectives on how remote work affects her as a military spouse. This episode is being published a day after the Memorial Day holiday in the U.S., where we celebrate the many men and women who have served our country in the United States Armed Forces. We talk about the sacrifices these men and women have made for their country, and my conversation with Catherine sheds light on the many men and women who are spouses to our service members. In addition to our service members, their loved ones make significant sacrifices as well. For example, Catherine talked about the potential to move every two to three years or even annually. These moves may be within the U.S. or global moves. Moves have a major impact on the family, and if you're a working spouse who is to work on-site or in-office, I imagine your career has to take a backseat. There's a 2017 study by the U.S. Chamber of Commerce Foundation that highlighted the following. 
Number one, unemployment and underemployment continue to be significant challenges for military spouses. Many are in part-time or seasonal work when they would prefer full-time or permanent work. Number two, military spouses with degrees have it a lot tougher. They face the highest rate of unemployment and the most difficulty finding meaningful employment. Number three, moves between duty stations play havoc on careers. Not only do most spouses have to quit their jobs because of a move, but they face long periods of unemployment after the move. Number four, many families need two incomes. And if you're moving often and you have difficulty finding rewarding work, many families are likely struggling financially on top of all the stress that moving, the deployments, and forming friendships and social bonds at each new location have. Finally, the study highlighted that the lack of employment opportunities for spouses creates stress and influences a family's decision to stay or leave the military. This impacts long-term retention, readiness, and recruiting of our servicemen and women. So is remote work the solution for everyone? I, I can't say definitively, but it seems to work for Catherine and her family. And I'd love to see more remote work success stories with other military families on the show. So that's where you come in. If you have a work from home forever story that you want to tell, please reach out because we want to have you on the show. We want to hear why remote work works for you. Tell us how you manage your career while working from home and share your advice with others who want to find their own remote work careers. It's really easy to get started. Visit us at wfhforever.com slash tell your story. Fill out the brief survey and we will get back to you. And if you like this episode, share it with a friend and leave us a positive review on the podcast platform of your choice. We are 10 episodes in and we need your reviews and your comments to get higher visibility on the podcast platforms. Thanks again for listening to the show. I'm your host, Don, and please join us again on our next episode.